We are your curators. That's Katie. That's Emrys, and here at the Curators of Horror, we believe that there is a perfect horror movie out there for everyone. So whether you're a lover or a hater or somewhere in between, we are on a mission to find you the perfect horror movie. Each episode, we convince an unsuspecting victim to join us on the podcast and to learn about their unique relationship with horror. Each of us picks the perfect horror movie for our guest. We then strap them to a sofa, make them watch the movies and then talk about it afterwards. But who's the best curator? We're in competition. So each episode, our guest will pick which film was their favourite and which one scared them the most. Episode four. It still confuses me. <laughs> I still don't understand why it's episode four. I know why it's episode four, but in my heart, it makes no sense do, to me. Do you just want us to infinitely uh, keep adding numbers up until we're on like episode 1000 like, yes i feel like that'd be more confusing i feel like that makes a lot more sense so we should have done that but, but i feel i, feel I like... don't get to control any of those decisions because How... it's all emrys that does everything yeah he does everything i do nothing i just come and i just chat shit into the microphone whenever we record that's what i do i'm pretty sure that was the agreement that we made when you said yeah all right i'll do it but i'm not doing any work yeah i'm not complaining about it <laughs> i'm just saying that's the reality of the situation but in this i disagree with the decision that was made well i think it was a good decision because it encourages new listeners to join because they're like ah oh, it's a new season maybe i don't need to have listened to the other ones before maybe that i'll check that podcast out yeah maybe or maybe they just <laughs> think that we've got two episode fours well, which is really confusing. See, ah, 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 ha, ha. Didn't think of that, did you? I think it was a good decision. I'm sticking with it. It's too late. Agree to disagree. Yes, but I'm here anyway. How are you? I am good. I had a really tough day at work today, so I'm glad to not be there, and I'm glad to be here talking about scary movies with people that I like, and it's all good. How are you? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Not really much going on. No. Not really much going on ever at the moment, you see. Yeah. I don't really leave the house. I just no. exist in my little bubble. Yeah. Literal the, the, and figurative I feel bubble. like the word bubble has been ruined for yeah, all time now. But that's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, you know, always happy to come and talk about some movies and... Very excited about these movies, actually. A yes, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to say. Yes, yes, yes. Our, our listeners are really excited about these movies as well. Um, yeah. Often, when we post the movies that are coming up, they're like, um, they're like, you know, I get like likes and thumbs up and stuff. But for these, they were like, oh, I can't wait to talk about that film. Oh my goodness, whoa! Can't wait to hear what you think of it. Mm. So yeah, so I think you're not alone there. You are not alone. People like these films. <laughs> I can't even... I don't even have the bandwidth to make up another line. That's fine. That's that enough. Uh, that was enough. Yeah, that was a bit of a song. You Apparently every week now I get a little bit of a song in yeah. each episode. So that was it. And there might be some more, but we're not promising it. Yeah, you know, if, if, if it comes, it comes. Yeah. We can't, you know, can't deny the music. No. <laughs> it's just... It's within. <laughs> Got the music in me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't, again, don't feel like we've watched a great deal of uh, extracurricular horror for ourselves, but no. we no. have started watching this fourth series of Unforgotten. Oh my God, I love Unforgotten. It's so good. I know it's cr more crime oh, than horror. so good. But, oh, I mean, man. crimes are pretty horrific. Yeah, exactly. I feel like crime is a gateway drug into horror. Because yeah. Because 
I feel like I watch crime because I want to know what could happen to me in a real life setting so that I can prepare myself for it. And then I watch horror just because, you know, it's like, how bad could it be in any possible scenario, you know? Well, I think it could go the other way as well. Like you watch horror, but it's like, you know, you're suspending your disbelief. It's not super realistic. And then when you want something that's just like really messed up that could really happen, then there's crime. Yeah. Yeah. And, and either way, we're all we're all screwed. There's bad things that yeah. are going to come and eat us, and it's very positive, isn't it? Yeah, positive outlook on Ooh. life. Yay! <laughs> it's good, but it's good. It's cathartic. It's good because you're like it makes you go, "Well, that's not happening in my life." So my life is good. Winning. Yes. Hashtag winning at life. I am a little bit sad, actually, that along with other things we've been watching, I've basically come to the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, we just have uh, just one more Spider-Man film. Far From Home left, and then we're up to date. Yeah. And one more episode of Division as well. Oh my goodness. So very so yeah, dramatic It feels and very, very strange, good. because we had like a hundred films to watch, and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe there's this many films. <laughs> but now there's only one left. Yeah. And the super exciting news that was revealed today as we record this is that the next series of Line of Duty is coming out on the 21st of March. And I'm so excited. Just talking about crime. Yeah. This is, this is, I think, I feel like Line of Duty and Unforgotten are very UK type things. Well, they're both British police procedurals. So if you're not from the UK, you may not know about these, but I'm pretty sure that they're available on pretty much every british streaming yeah. thing that then, you get in other countries and you should definitely watch them yeah they're both wonderful yeah so. yeah yes. curators of crime <laughs> that spin-off it's another spin-off yeah we've, we've had quite a few spin-offs <laughs> i do think curators of crime would be fun yeah maybe when we feel like this is I running mean, its course that's where we're going next crime podcasts Definitely not an oversaturated no, medium no at all. No one's done that, have they? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's me being very tongue in cheek because I absolutely love me a crime podcast. So you know, no offence meant to crime podcasts at all because they are the best thing ever. Well, talking of tongue in cheek, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I feel like every every episode now I'm just trying to find a good word or the phrase that you say that i can loosely relate to our our next victim and oh today i've God. picked that I don't know why. <laughs> how rude how very dare you we are very excited to have with us our next victim tongue-in-cheek anna <laughs> oh hello hello welcome to the podcast oh thank you for inviting me on the podcast i'm very excited to be here I mean, I am in my li- my own living room, but, you know, very excited yeah. to be with you. Virtually here. Virtually, indeed. Yes. Yeah, I feel like we never talk about that anymore. It's just, like, accepted that we're always in another room or another, like, you know, a different house than the people we're recording with. But, yeah, yeah we, we are We haven't virtual. seen other human beings in a year. Yeah. <laughs> just doesn't happen anymore, does it? Nope. But, you know, if you're on my screen, that's more, like, normal these days, I guess. So. Yeah. Sure yeah. is. I'm having my birthday party via Zoom tomorrow night. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't okay. wait. I'm just going to be me and my bottle of Prosecco and like loads of friends on the screen. I'm actually really excited, even though Aww. I know it's pretty shit compared to what it could be. <laughs> but, you know, 
it, it's an excuse to play games though like me and my yeah. friends yeah, i was gonna like, say do you yeah. have like specific thing things planned that you're gonna do on your zoom birthday call yeah my friend's organizing it but because i teach drama online and play games online there are plenty of things that you can adapt shall we say yeah and there's loads of games that you can do on zoom where you all change your names to a question mark and lots of things you can do in the chat and you know caption this and questions about people and you know coming up with funny answers and things so yeah it can yeah um, it'll be fun well that sounds really good well we'll see (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i hope it goes well and and happy birthday in advance thank you Let's turn our questioning over to what we are here to talk about, which is horror. So, Anna, tell us a little bit about your relationship with horror. Gosh, so it all goes back to when I was 13, I think. It was a sleepover at a friend's house for a birthday. And I know what you did last summer. I Well, I looked it up. It came out in 1997 when I was 12, but I think it what I was 13 when I watched it. And my God, I that film scarred me for such a long time. I can't even begin to explain to you. Like I, I wish that I'd never watched it at the time. You know, I I was quite a, you know, sheltered 13-year-old girl. You know, I'd not really seen I don't know, like, you know, I spent most of the time in my childhood watching things like Mighty Ducks and Cool Runnings <laughs> and <laughs> And Aladdin. They're bringing that back for a TV series. Can you believe that? What, Mighty Ducks? Yeah, they're making a Mighty Ducks TV series on Disney+. Oh my gosh, I need to watch it. (laughs) But basically, it was the, the fisherman's hat and the hook hand. The silhouette of that, literally, oh my gosh. So I had a bunk bed, but it was just me. I had a bunk bed. I shared a room with my sister. And basically the room is like two sections of the room. So we each had our own light bulb. This sounds really boring, but it makes sense. (laughs) So so basically I would always, we would have like bickering about, oh, can you turn your light off? Like it's time to get to bed, like turn your light off. Because, you know, it would be that thing of like, you know, she's doing her thing and we, we didn't get on anyway when we were younger. Anyway, after this, watching this film, that argument just stopped because I was like, okay, you can keep the light on. Like, I really don't mind anymore. And it completely changed. Like, so basically, I used to put my um, dressing gown on the top of the bunk bed so it would hang off the corner. So if I'm lying in bed and, like, the lights are out, but, you know, there might be a little bit of, like, moonlight glinting through the window and you see the shadow of a dressing gown hanging down off a bedpost, oh, I just couldn't handle it. And then I kept getting flashing images of this fisherman man hook thing. Oh my gosh. So you can see how it traumatized me. Oh, yeah, you can remember so, it so well. Oh yeah. So I basically avoided horror films. And um, I mean, it happened again at another sleepover, probably like the year after my friend decided that we were going to watch Blade. You know, the Wesley Snipes uh, yeah. vampire, quite, you know, graphic, bloody. Yeah. I don't really remember it too well. But again, I remember being very scared. So when things like Scream came out, I thought, no, no, can't do it, can't do it. But I think I have watched that 
a few years back and and realised, oh, actually, it's actually quite funny. It's not actually as bad as I thought it was going to be. But because of that experience, I've never watched The Exorcist. I've never watched... um, what what's it the clown thing the chucky things hate clowns by the way hate <laughs> clowns but Chucky's all the really... child's play which is the little okay, yeah. um, doll and then the clown, clown is it it's probably, probably it oh, yeah no yeah. can't do that um <laughs> um so i basically avoided them but anything with an element of comedy or anything that was more sort of um I don't know, post-apocalyptic or more like zombie films, I actually really loved. I remember I watched, I think like 28 days later, 28 weeks later, loved those films. And I, you know, I do like dark things. I I like, like I was talking before to you earlier about Utopia. I mean, Mm. that's quite graphic. There's a lot of murder that goes on in that. And it's just, I don't mind things that are slightly, but anything that's too personal, you know, you know, the babysitter picks up the phone and there's no, I just, no, it's just too, like, <laughs> it's too scary to think that, you know, the next time someone calls you, you think, and, and and people being able to watch through the windows, that's that's the scary thing. Is it almost that it's um, things that are plausible then, like, are, are too much for you? But if it's something that's almost like, it's so far removed from your reality that you're like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's fine. I think so. And I think it's definitely that thing of, you know, there's one person going around murdering everyone. That That to me feels really scary because it's like, oh my gosh, what if that, you know, I walked downstairs and opened... The bed, or you know, any door, and there's just someone there. But yeah, anything that's slightly more, I guess, in a different world. But and and I don't mind vampire stuff either. Yeah, so so I kind of spent a long time, I guess, avoiding all the big famous horror films. I remember watching The Shining and being quite scared at that. But I was a bit older by that point, so I could, you know, I could handle it. But you know, those twins, oh, freaky. Have you ever gone back and watched I Know What You Did Last Summer no. or have you never gone back and watched it? No, I, 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 no, I couldn't. I mean, I might be able to, but I need someone to watch it with. Ah. <laughs> I think that I would have nightmares. I really do. You'd be surprised how cathartic it can be to go back and watch something, whether it's a horror film or like, I remember there were some like kids TV shows that used to terrify me and I've gone back and watched them. And it's really like, it's what? good to exercise your fear. Um, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Um, no, mine was this show um, that it was, um, it had like the spitting image style um, puppets in it, but it was a kid's show and it was just, it just Ooh. terrified me. And I've watched it since and it's totally fine now. So okay. maybe it's it's time to, to go back and, and, and face your fear and realize, oh, actually, that's fine. And it is just a film. Yeah. A film with some very beautiful people in it, can I add? Yes. Like, wow, what a I feel like that a was cast. a prerequisite for, the, for the, those times, like, you know, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, the other thing that you talked about is a bit of a rite of passage and something that a lot of people is their, their way into horror is the sleepover. Like, we're having a sleepover. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And we're going to watch a horror film. Yeah. And, and just, like, how... It, does anyone actually want to watch a horror film at that? Or is it just something that's, like we should do this because it's the it's thing, the thing to that do. people do mm. <laughs> is that a thing that people still do now do you think i don't know 
Like, I mean, it's a long time ago since we were yeah. of an age where we were doing sleepovers and watching a scary film. I wonder if that is still something that, that teenagers do. It must know? be, especially with Netflix. You've got so much choice, whereas we had to go and get a VHS. <laughs> I think, I, I, the, the only reason that I wonder is that I think that kids have access to so much more stuff yeah, now. All so, the time. so if you wanted to watch like a bit of a scary film, you could go onto YouTube and just watch yeah. all the scary bits of all the scary films. There isn't that idea of unless you do it here, you're not going to be able to see that anywhere else. Because mm. like you say, it's a real faff. It, used to be such a faff getting a film out <laughs> they have to go to blockbuster and like see if they had the film and pick the film and then the the, the one copy of the film might be gone so it was like it yeah. was so much more difficult to actually get the thing to watch the thing but i feel know? like in a way that made it more special oh, yeah. it was like you had to put more thought mm, into yeah. it. you're like so we're having these people over and we're going to watch this film we're going to go get the film yeah whereas now it's just like oh i guess you've got people over you guys want to watch a film what, okay what, 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 what film do you want to watch we i have watch, all of them yeah we can watch any film press a button anytime and anywhere almost too much choice mm. now mm. you know you can spend literally 20 minutes deciding what you want to watch yeah also, I reckon that you could, it'll probably be worse because rather than it being like, you know, I know what you did last summer because that was the film that was out at the time, it would be like, what's the scariest film ever? Let's mm. find that yeah. and let's watch that as, a, as opposed to it ha- you having more of a limited kind of variation as to what you can actually pick from. Yeah. Gosh, it's, isn't it amazing to think about how, you know, it was like what was out and what was available in Blockbuster at that time. And that's literally it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a fantastic documentary that just came out that's called The Last Blockbuster, which is about the last blockbuster in, in the, world. the world, which is in Bend in Oregon in America. It's a fantastic documentary. Uh, I really, really encourage all of our listeners to check it out. But uh, now it's now, yeah, because basically it's gone into full blown nostalgia. Yeah, and people want people are coming from all over the world to visit this blockbuster for the blockbuster experience yeah. that you just can't get any anymore. And it's so bizarre because it's like every everywhere used to have a blockbuster. Like you knew that you were a pretty decent town if you had a blockbuster, you know, because then you were sorted for yeah, the weekend. Totally, you're like, yeah, oh. Yeah, you talked about um, how you kind of avoided horror. Are there, were, were there any circumstances where you would watch horror, you know, in, across your life or now? I, I guess it was only other people suggesting it, or you know, I remember I I had a date with this guy and we watched. Um, I suppose it's not really horror. Is it called Unbreakable? Yes. No, yeah. With Bruce Willis. With Bruce Willis, yeah. Yeah, who who wrote those films? Is that it's like a it's, collection uh, of films, it's right? It's M Night Shyamalan, I think, isn't it? Yes. yes. Yeah. That and I know that's not horror at all, but was it a bit scary? Yeah, for yeah. sure. The, Particularly the if the you end. had a problem with someone in like you know, a fisherman's hat, raincoat oh type God. deal, because that's <laughs> yeah. there's a whole thing in that yeah. about a guy in like a, a raincoat type thing so maybe it's just that you have you have a a type in terms of in terms of who scares you yeah and i maybe it all goes back to i know what you did last summer well if nothing else we have found the root cause of all of your fears (laughs) (laughs) oh god 
well, I think it is about time for us to reveal the movies that we have selected for you, Anna. So let's hear what they are right now. The first movie that we have selected for you is Shaun of the Dead. think modern life is not for you? Do you do the same dead-end job every day? There's no I in team, but there is an I in pie. In There's an I in meat pie. So the anagram of meat is team. I don't know. Is your love life dying on its feet? To a wonderful mum. <laughs> oh. Have you ever felt that you're turning into a zombie? In a time, although no one is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. Crisis. It is vital that you stay in your home. A hero must rise. Avoid all contact with the assailants. From his sofa. The attackers can be stopped by removing the head or destroying the brain. Purple Rain. No. Sign of the Sun. Definitely not. The Batman soundtrack. Throw it. Sean of the Dead. He's my husband, you know. I still love him. I've still got the ring on my finger. You go to bed with it? And the second movie that we have curated for you is The Girl with All the Gifts. <laughs> Rise and shine, come on up you get. Transit. Hello, Dr. Coldwell. Hello, Melanie. Morning, class. Good morning, it's Justina. Once upon a time, there was a woman the most beautiful and amazing woman in all the world. No! You just touched her. Watch. No, please, don't do that. They're only children. Stop it! One day, she was attacked by a monster. But then a girl came running up and killed it. And the woman said, you are my special girl, and I'll never let you go. She saved me, and you're still afraid of her? Yeah, and you should be too. I am producing a vaccine, and she is the main ingredient. What am I? Hope. That's what you are. I just want to live. Everyone wants that. She loves you. The hell is this? The world is falling apart. Yeah. You can save people, Melanie. You can save everybody. Oh my God. What did you do?
to be confused with the girl with all the gifts. <laughs> that would be a very different film. <laughs> so, Anna, these are the films that we've curated for you. But the question we have for you is, which of us do you think curated which of these movies for, for you? you? Okay, I think Emrys chose Shaun of the Dead and Katie picked The Girl with All the Gifts. And why do you think that? Emrys, you're a funny person and we've worked together on a funny play. And um, I just feel like you might have gone, oh, maybe I should give her something a little bit comedy just in case. And I just feel like you would really like Shaun of the Dead. And I felt like Katie would want to pick something a little bit more off-piste, perhaps. Also, it's got really powerful leading women in Girl With All The Gifts. Um, and I just thought that you might be drawn to that. You are correct. Hey. Yay! <laughs> Very well, well done. logicked out there. Yeah. Very nice indeed. <laughs> Well, we are going to get right into our discussion around the first of our two movies, which is the movie that I curated for you, Anna, which is Shaun of the Dead, uh, which I do indeed like very much. <laughs> uh, so let me tell you a little bit about Shaun of the Dead. Uh, so Shaun of the Dead was released in 2004, if you can believe it or not. Uh, it stars so many amazing British actors, I can't list them all, so I'm just going to say a couple. Uh, Simon Pegg, uh, Nick Frost, Kate Ashfield, Lucy Davis, uh, Dylan Moran, uh, Peter Serafinowicz, uh, Bill Nye. Uh, yeah, there's loads of them. We'll talk about more of them in it, I'm sure, but the cast is insane. Uh, it is directed by the fantastic Edgar Wright, and it is written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, a little synopsis for you that is indeed very little. A man's uneventful life is disrupted by the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> so, Anna, tell us, what did you think of Shaun of the Dead? I love Shaun of the Dead. I, yeah, I love what these guys do. Obviously, I've seen Hot Fuzz as well, and it's very similar kind of uh, style of comedy. I just, I feel like it's so clever. The comedy in this film is so clever. I love the way that they don't realise what's happening for such a long time. <laughs> it's brilliant. And, and they just walk straight past all these zombies on the street right near the beginning of the film, not realising. I guess because of the comedy element, even though there are really jumpy moments, they're so enjoyable. Well, you know that some people are going to eventually die. And and that's such a great thing about zombie films. Like someone gets bitten and you know that they're going to turn into a zombie. Like there's literally no way back. And I love that about it because it's such a, you know, it's a clever storytelling device, whether, you know, someone hides it or whether it's really obvious. So that was really fun when, you know, various people started dropping off. I really like that, actually. Like, I think a lot of the time I hear people talk about kind of exactly what you just said and almost use it as like, oh, it's it's quite predictable because, like, you know, since the first ever zombie film, all these rules were established and some of, sometimes they do things differently, but ultimately it's kind of the same. But actually... I've never thought about it as like, it's kind of really enjoyable because yeah. it's formulaic in a way that you're like, I kind of know what's going to happen. You're and waiting I like that. for it. Yeah, you're waiting for 
the person to get bitten so that then they can turn into and how that's going to look in this particular film and the way that this film uses that premise is so clever because it basically just completely goes against you know it's 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 the normal person's version of what would happen if there was a zombie apocalypse like the there's they don't like you say they haven't noticed that there's all these zombies even when he's going to get his can of diet coke from the corner shop and there's blood handprints on the and he just doesn't notice because you just don't because people so often just go through their lives without noticing things and then when his housemate says there's someone in the garden there's a woman in the garden they're just like she's absolutely pissed she's completely (laughs) wasted like look at her she's like and that is so funny because she does you know if if you're looking at it from a normal person's point of view rather than someone who's in a horror film in a zombie film you would be like dude what is wrong with that person is she okay like and that that's one of the funniest bits i think as well when they're trying to kill the zombies they're like get get the head and then they just start throwing kitchen utensils which is doing nothing and of course it's doing nothing and records yeah it's it's just so that's what makes it funny because it takes the the zombie premise and just goes yeah but what would a couple of really basic slightly stupid human beings do in this situation when this film came out it was they they build it as a rom a zom rom-com a, zom rom-com. a zombie romantic comedy which i just love because it's exactly what it is like yeah. the story the main beats of this story are, are about a guy who's like you know not taking his life seriously and stuck in a rut and you know isn't like doing the right things for his girlfriend and is like you know spending too much time with his friend and it's just if you took the zombies out of it it's just like a normal british romantic comedy but you just throw the zombies in for good measure yeah and the fact there's that kind of like love triangle thing going on as well where um, Lucy Davis' character's like, yeah, I know that you like her, but, you know, I was second best and I'm happy with that. Like, that's fine. Get on with it. Um, yeah. Uh, but no, the be- the best part for me, going back to that thing about someone's got bitten or whatever, so you know that it- they're going to turn, is Bill Nye in the car. Oh, my God, it's so good. Because it's, it's- I can't remember who's driving, but they're just driving along and someone says, like, oh... Is so oh he's he's gone he's not with us or something she's like no he's right there and they turn around and he's just uh, and they all jump out <laughs> yeah. the car oh it's just yeah just the one of those the moments child locks on. that's the thing oh is that as soon as you as soon as they reference the fact that the child locks are still on the car you know exactly what's what's going to happen you're just waiting for it to happen but in but in a really kind of um not creepy way like i think a lot of horror horror films set up premises like that's a that's a very horror movie like trope you know to to put things in clear view so that you're then waiting for the thing to happen like um just off the top of my head thinking about there's there's a part in um a quiet place where you notice that there's a nail sticking out of one of the stairs. Oh, don't. That moment is just horrendous. And so you're just then waiting for the moment that somebody treads on that nail. And that's a really horrible feeling. That's like this gut-wrenching, oh my God, someone's going to do that. Whilst in Shaun of the Dead, 
you're just like that's gonna happen it's gonna be really <laughs> fucking funny and and that's it and, and it's so it's kind of the same idea but taking it into just a pure funny yeah. entertainment it's way the, it's the comedy gun like yeah. waiting to go off like Stanislavski's like you know if you have a gun you show it you got it someone's got to shoot it yeah yeah uh, but yeah, I love the opening of this film, which is before the zombie stuff's actually hit, it's just showing all of the people behaving, behaving like, zombies. like zombies. Because yeah. we're like, that's another thing this film does so well is it, it's so well observed in the sense that we are already kind of like zombies. Like mm. we're all, we're, we're moving, doing the same things, listening to music. We're at the checkout, scanning things. Like we're, mm. we're going through these repetitive motions, just like zombies, uh, but we're not there yet. I the supermarket looks so dated as well. Oh, it's no. brilliant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can I just say, oh my God, Rafe's ball. I know. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I know those eyes. Oh, hang on a minute. I fancy those eyes. But what what happened? What's going um, on with the rest of you, Ray? Literally, I had no... I mean, I, I don't really know when I discovered him as an actor, but I obviously did not know who he was back then. Mm. Um, I just couldn't believe it was the same person. I didn't it, know who it was when we were watching the film. Oh. Emrys was like, do you know who that is? And I was like, no. <laughs> he showed me a picture and I was, and like, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Because I, I did, absolutely oh, love yeah. him. I think he's yeah. beautiful. He's amazing. And, and a very good actor as well. Stunning and, yeah. and a very yeah. talented person. But mm. yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't, it looks... It looks like he's wearing like um, a costume, like a disguise. Yeah, you know, he looks strange. like um, Biff from Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> the soundtrack in this film is amazing. Mm. Like just from start to finish, like starts off with like Ghost Town by the Specials, and it's just mm. like, oh. and there's and just the, the Queen and like, like Don't <gasps> yes, Stop Me Queen Now, moments. and the end with like You're My Best Friend, like yeah. the soundtrack of this film, like it's Edgar a romantic is... comedy soundtrack. Do you know yeah. how how you with romantic comedies you pick popular songs that mm. like emphasize what the character is going through at that time it's exactly the same with this it's all like songs that you know and that make you that give you a certain feeling so you kind of have the 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 same feeling as is going on in the scene so yeah it's brilliant it works it really works i love also that um like obviously there's a lot of scenes in the pub in this scene and everyone's smoking in the pub and (laughs) i was just like Oh, this film is really old. Yeah, really old. My <laughs> it's gosh. the fact that they keep going, I want to go somewhere where I can smoke. And I was like, oh my God. Why are you going to a pub then? <laughs> yeah, 2004. <laughs> Back in 2004 when you could just smoke anywhere. Ugh. One of my favourite things that I, I hadn't actually picked up on watching this film before, but I was like reading a bit about it while we were watching it. And it's the bit when Sean and Ed are in the Winchester just after Liz has broken up with him and he's really sad. And Ed's like, uh, you know, don't worry. Tomorrow we're just going to keep drinking. And then everything he says after that happens. So he says, like, we'll start off with some Bloody Marys in the morning. And the girl in their garden is called Mary. Mary. She's got a little oh name tag. Gosh. And then he's ha- he says, we'll have a bite at the king's head, um, which is like kind of showing like the like Philip, like the um, uh, Bill Nye character. And then he says, and then we'll have a couple, which is David and Di, um, uh, like those two. Uh, and then uh, Little Princess is Liz. 
And then he's like, we'll stagger back. And they do that bit where they pretend to be zombies. And then we'll be at the bar for shots. And they get the gun off the bar and they oh do it. Oh my gosh. How yeah. clever. This is like, this is the things that like, yeah, the Edgar Wright and, and Simon Pegg do. They love formula and structure and like repetition. Like every time Sean bumps into his, his like friend he hasn't seen since like uni or whatever. Um, they always ask the same thing. They're like, oh, how are you doing? And they go, oh, you know, I'm surviving. Mm. And then they're like, how are you doing? And they're like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're surviving. surviving. And yeah. just, they, 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 they do that kind of like mirror stuff. So like, so brilliantly, like it mm. is funny, but it's also so clever, which is one of the things I love about them as a kind of pairing. I love, I absolutely love the scene where Diane is like teaching them all to do, to do zombie impressions. <gasps> That is absolutely hilarious. Oh my gosh. And I, I was just getting sort of drama school flashbacks. Two things I was actually going to ask you. I, I always like to get people's opinions on this. So Shaun of the Dead is a, a slow zombie. And the girl with all the gift is actually both, which is quite cool. Like it's a slow zombie mm. and a fast zombie. So I'm wondering, Anna, do you have a preference Slow zombie or fast running zombie? I mean, are we talking about a zombie that I'd like to be in the same vicinity as? Or? I'm talking film-wise, <laughs> <Yeah>. I guess. <laughs> um, gosh. I probably... Uh, the slow zombies. They're funnier. Yeah. yeah. I like a slow zombie. Yeah. So I like the inevitability of a slow zombie. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. coming but and they won't stop coming. Away. No, it's and just you just burning. know, you know that they're there and that they're coming and eventually they that's more scary. Like something that's just going to go rah and eat you straight away. Yeah, it's over too quick. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, um, when uh, Simon Pegg was interviewed about this and, and they said, so, so why did you choose to make the zombies slow zombies? He said, um, death is not, an, uh, is not an energy drink. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I thought that's, that's brilliant. so brilliant. <laughs> but the second thing that I wanted to ask you is, you know, I know this is only an audio medium, so we're not, we're not going to, our lovely listeners aren't going to be able to, to see you doing this, but um, <laughs> I would love to hear your best okay. zombie impression. Right, ready? Uh, how's that? That was that was amazing. That was good. <laughs> I think I think you'd pass. I pass. Good. <laughs> Especially with his face. <laughs> but that, that scene where they're walking through pretending to be zombies and yeah. it's funny like Penelope Wilton just gives up she's like yeah. tottering along with her handbag trying to like you know just <laughs> oh, cling on to yeah. somebody else it's hilarious and the other thing I was going to ask as well is so like one of the things I feel like we always talk about when we have when we do zombie films is like the so like how do you think you'd get on in a in a zombie apocalypse to which Katie's answer is always well just kill me I, I wouldn't last at all <laughs> I'd just, I'd, yeah, I'd just, I wouldn't last. So you might as well cut your losses. I, I, the thing that always upsets me about the zombie apocalypse is, is our dog Roly, is because I know that the zombies would, he would, he would think the zombies are there as are his friend, and he would want to make friends with them, and they would just eat him within the first couple of hours of a zombie apocalypse happening. Roly would get eaten, and then it, because we had this discussion when we were watching these films. 
And Emrys went, well, it depends on the zombies because what was what was the other zombie film? That well, I was you... saying some zombie films they don't go after animals. Yeah, because what specifically that film with the dog that goes off and does has a job and comes back? Uh, that's the Dawn of the Dead. Dawn remake. of the Dead remake. Yeah. So there's a dog in that called Chips, and Chips is amazing, and Chips basically survives, and he just kind of has a little bag full of full of tricks and runs off and does things and it's amazing because he doesn't get eaten but i but so emrys was like well if we were in this kind of a scenario roly wouldn't get eaten and i was like yeah but the problem is with that is that zombie apocalypse basically means the end of the world which means that if the zombies don't eat him normal people would because there'd be no meat and and he's like a little walking larder because he's you know, he's stocky. So I was like, someone's going to end up eating him. And I just can't, I can't live with that. So, so rather than asking you how you'd get on in a zombie apocalypse, I thought I'd Shaun of the Deadify it a little bit and say, <laughs> which of the characters in Shaun of the Dead do you identify with the most? Like, which one, if you're, you're in this situation, which one are you most alike? Probably whoever had the gun. Nick Frost had the gun most, didn't he? Yeah, I yeah. think so, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd want all the weapons. <laughs> literally like, like anything I'm, I'm like looking at my light and i'm like there's there's a little bit of a kind of sharp point on the end of your tripod for your light i could yeah. use that as a weapon <laughs> um the light is actually quite heavy i could use that as a weapon i mean so you'd be quite resourceful you know. then oh absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. nice i like it i think you can't be someone that enjoys zombie films and not have thought what would i do yeah <laughs> in the zombie apocalypse <laughs> I just wouldn't want to live through the zombie apocalypse. No? I mean, no, I just wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, you might not get to the end of it, so you wouldn't have to ponder on that too much. Oh, God, it's just too much effort. <laughs> it's hard enough as it is without having to worry about zombies as well. Jesus Christ. The, the one other thing that I do really love about this film is obviously it is, it is a comedy for sure, it's a romantic comedy, like we said. Um, but there, the, the the effects in it and like some of the stuff in it is still really grotesque. Mm. Like when yeah, the it. first zombie they see falls on that, uh, it's like a garden <gasps> in the garden and it just stands up. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. That was then, very graphic, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Dylan Moran gets eaten. That is, that is, when I first watched this film, I, I'm pretty sure I watched this film with you, Emrys, mm-hmm. when we first started dating yeah. and... I was just scarred for life by it because back then I wasn't really into horror films at all. And I actually found this film so bleak and so upsetting and so like I didn't get comedy from it at all. I do now very much so. But like seeing Dylan Moran literally getting his stomach ripped open and all his intestines pulled out and eaten and like having um simon Pegg like having to shoot his own mother in the head and it's like it's some some of these things are actually really nasty like the way that they're done they don't pull their punches and that's what actually makes it a better film i think because they don't try and sugarcoat the idea of the zombie apocalypse it's really gross and visceral and it's kind of awesome because of that i think mm. I always really struggled with the ending of this film as well, <laughs> with Nick Frost being in the shed, which is referenced again, like Emrys was saying, there's, 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 you know, conversation. Yeah. Um, he says, well, if you want to live like an animal, go and live in the shed, he says towards the beginning of oh, this film. God. And then obviously 
Nick Frost ends up in the in yeah. the shed. I do find it really, really kind of grim that he's got his best friend chained up in the shed playing video games because I was like, you know, there's always this this thing in, in zombie films, like, shoot me before it happens. Don't let it happen. Don't let me turn. That's a big thing in Walking Dead. He if I get says bitten, that. He's like, I don't mind getting eaten. I don't mind getting <laughs> eaten. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, just don't let it. I just don't want to end up like one of those. It's like a big thing in a lot of zombie films that you shouldn't let the people that you love come back as zombies because it's like... It's wrong and all of that. And then there's, you know, Nick Frost forever chained up in the in the shed playing but video games. There's also all those TV <laughs> reels of like zombies being like put to work to like yeah. move shopping trolleys around and like playing like ridiculous <laughs> TV video games Brave Spool. on, on Brave Trisha. Spool is doing the is doing oh the gosh, trolleys. Yeah. Yeah. It's he him was. doing the <laughs> doing the trolleys <laughs> as a zombie. And the woman on Trisha being like, I know some people think it's wrong, but I love him. He's my husband. He's and she's husband. like, You take that to bed with you. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I like I like the kind of return to normality of it as well. And yeah. I really do think that for comedy horror, it is really, really hard to walk that fine line, but I think this film does it so well. It's so clever though, this film, because it doesn't you know, you say it's like a romantic comedy zombie film type thing, but it doesn't, it's good because it doesn't fit into any genre. It just stands alone as being a really, really fun film that was put together really, really well. And it, it stands, it withstands the test of time, even, you know, now we're watching it some considerable time has passed. I mean, this film is nearly 20 years old. Mm. Yeah, it's getting on to be 20 years old. And I must admit, some of the language and the comedy is is slight, is like inappropriate now as a more modern audience. You can go, yeah, it's not okay just to, to you know, be like, oh, gay and that type of thing. It's 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 kind of, it's it's a bit abrasive, but putting those things aside and just looking at the film the way it's been put together still 100% works now. And the performances are so good and the characters yeah. are so strong. I mean, with actors like Bill Nye and Penelope Wilton and, mm. um, well, I mean, all of them really, but especially those two, you know, they are just so good at what they do. Um, and what was so great is when you get the two teams of yeah. people that meet and you're like, oh my God, that's Tamsin Greg, that's Matt Lucas, that's, um, yeah. what's his face? Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. Yeah. And, Jessica and, Hines. And then you don't see any of them again. Yeah, they just kind of go, <sighs> all right, yeah, yeah. hi, bye. I was yeah. like, that is oh, not fair to like tease all of those amazing actors and then we <laughs> literally don't see them again. You're almost like you want to see that version of the film yeah. with, with their yeah. group to see what's happening. Oh my gosh, that needs that needs to happen. Then. I wish that they'd made a sequel to this film that was yeah. like the other side of the story. Yeah. Yeah. We should get on Twitter about that and yeah, definitely Come put on, that Edgar out Wright, there. Make it happen. <laughs> Okay, well, I think it's about time for us to move on to our second movie that we curated for you, Anna. So, Katie, tell us about The Girl with All the Gifts. The Girl with All the Gifts. Not <laughs> gifts. The Gifts um, came out in 2016. It was written by Mike Carey and it was directed by Colm McCarthy. And it stars Sienna Nanura 
who is um, playing the part of Melanie, but then it also has um, a pretty awesome female cast. I mean, it's it's a mixed cast. It's not all women, but it also has Gemma um, Arterton in it and Glenn Close, who I always forget is in this film. But then I simultaneously think no one could play that part the way that Glenn Close plays her. The uh, synopsis of The Girl with All the Gifts is a scientist and a teacher living in a dystopian future embark on a journey of survival with a special young girl named Melanie. And um, yeah, I, I should say as well, it's actually based on a novel um, who and the writer of the novel is the same person who wrote the screenplay, which is which is pretty rare nowadays, which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Anna, tell us, what did you think of The Girl With All The Gifts? Oh, well, I really love this film. I feel like it just totally passed me by. Like I didn't, I, I, maybe I didn't see it or as in, obviously I didn't see it, but I didn't see that it was on at the cinema at the time. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised that it was another full-on zombie film yeah I love the setup of it I love the fact that it's kind of you know in this future world where a virus has broken out (laughs) and um you know they're on this kind of like army base and you know the children are you know like locked up in cells and you know for the first kind of bit of the movie you don't really know why but then this girl seems to be really nice and sweet and but obviously you know that something's not quite right um I I just thought the the setup of the film um was great and it really kicked into action very quickly the scariest bit for me was when so they'd taken Melanie to you know she was going to remove her brain or whatever and there's the the sirens go off and there's been a breach and whatever. And you've got the two scientists in the room, one of them being um, Glenn Close. And you just see these figures running towards the window, but it's like dark and you don't... And they smash through that glass and like drag her. And oh my gosh, it was so scary. But like so satisfying as well, because it it's kind of like the first bit of like real zombie action, I think in the film it's interesting because the setup at the beginning is really you don't know if it's gonna be a zombie film you don't know what's going on there's all these kids kind of chained up like Hannibal that's the bit that I was it's like a cross between Hannibal and Orange is the New Black with children and then they're being taught lessons and things but everything feels a bit weird and then they're being chained up in their rooms and what is going on and then it's a little bit later that you actually see the the zombies outside who are very different from the children that they've got kind of locked up inside and so it's 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 clever because it always keeps you guessing because you at first think, oh, so we're going to have this story that's based in like this classroom with these children. And then they're like, no, actually, we're going to take your main protagonist out of that and put her in a science laboratory where you can obviously see that they've been chopping up these kids and experimenting on them. And then it's like, oh, no, actually, now there's been a breach and everybody's broken out and now we're going somewhere else. And no, actually, we need to go somewhere. So it's it's 
it gives you, I think zombie films, like I said, have this feeling of unease anyway, because you're like, they're coming. They're always coming for you. But the storyline has been put together in such a way that you feel like that anyway, because you're never allowed to become attached to kind of the environment that you're seeing. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Because they're in that, they're in that truck and then they go, you know, by the pond or lake or whatever to get the water and then that's not safe. And yeah. Um, and I love the way that you don't really know what's going on and you have this, you know, lovely scene with Gemma Arterton, who I love, by the way, I think she's amazing. Um, being this, you know, really sensitive character who cares about these kids and you think oh these poor children and then <laughs> paddy constantine comes in with his bloody spitting on his arm and making yeah. them smell, smell it my arm. smell yeah. my arm <laughs> <laughs> and all the kids start going mental and like chattering their teeth and wanting to eat um eat him and that scene was really powerful actually because you know they're all sat in their chairs with the head things on. So all they can move is their mouths and their faces. And I think, yeah, from that moment on, it was like, okay, shit's just got a bit real and these kids are not okay. (laughs) The character, like the lead, I think they set her up so well. She's so sweet and, and nice and genuine. It's interesting because Glenn Close, right at the beginning, is filling out her clipboard as to kind of she's having conversations with Melanie and she says something like, um, you know, observed behaviours, impressive, you know, mimicry of observed behaviours. So basically she thinks that Melanie's way of um, speaking and interacting with other people is based on the idea that she has seen that in other people and she's mimicking it rather than it actually being a genuine response. And it's the same way that with all of the children in the classroom, Gemma Arterton's really pressing them to write something that just comes from them as opposed to something that they're just regurgitating from what she's told them. And Melanie is like the only one of the children who can actually kind of create her own story and write her own piece of creative writing that is based on, you know, ideas and things, but it's very much kind of her idea rather than it being, I'm just going to copy what someone else has said. The words that she uses are all words that you've, that you've heard her, you've seen her hear from other people, like when they call the children in this abortions. Yeah. She uses that word because she's heard it. Yeah. So you can kind of understand where the scientist is getting that from, but what the teacher sees is the words might be what I've heard from other people, but the story that she's telling isn't. No. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One of the things that actually frustrated me a little bit about this film were the children in the London area that are kind of like orphans. The feral like, children. The yeah. feral children, thank you. Um, why did they all look like they just walked off the set of the Flintstones? Yeah. It's <laughs> really yeah. true. They look like um, bam, the bam. cast of the Lost Boys. Oh like, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bam Bam, um, I just really threw me and I just, it, I just couldn't get past it. Yeah, because it's 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 set in the I don't know whether it's set in the far future or whether it's current, but you know it's contemporary. Mm, so yeah. you know why not have contemporary 
clothes and like baseball caps or whatever. Like, mm. why why are all their would their hair be all be back home to the bloody high heavens? I, I think like the hair doesn't I do that. Got, yeah, the thing that I got <laughs> from the kids is obviously for a lot of this film, you don't know where Melanie and all of these other children at the beginning of the film, who they are, what where they came from, what they are. There's obviously this massive like animosity between them and like the human people. But like, it the almost soldiers. feels like you think, oh, maybe like children are just affected mm-hmm. by this differently than adults, which isn't Which isn't the case. it isn't the case because because Glenn Close specifically says they found a neonatal ward in a hospital and these children basically were in utero when their mothers were infected, which means that they in some way kind of had like an immunity to the to the I mean it's all it's pseudoscience, isn't it? Like there's there's if you get into it too much, you're gonna get confused. But my my understanding of like the kids was that they were in a very similar situation to the um the children that are the same as Melanie except the difference is with one set of these kids you had regular human beings intervening removing them from this situation and kind of putting them into a circumstance where they've they've raised them to be able to speak and be able to do all of this thing with these children the like the ones running 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 around London I think that they're basically what would have happened if nobody came and intervened. So they've basically kind of raised themselves from from nothing. So they've never had anybody else tell them how they're supposed to behave. So I think like the hair and stuff is basically supposed to be like, you know, what happens when you basically never get a haircut in your whole life and you're basically just living like that. That being said, mm. I do agree with you <laughs> that I do it, think it's borderline kind of panto in terms of look at the little wild children. Yeah, it, it felt like we'd taken a massive step back to the 80s and they were all like creatures yeah. from the labyrinth or something. Like, yeah. you know, it just... Well, that, that makes me like it more. <laughs> it's like the little kid with the baseball bat who's their leader. All I could think about was um, oh, yeah. Keith Sutherland from, from Lost Boys. I was like, oh. he's like a mini Keith Sutherland from Lost Boys. And it was really confusing to me. But yeah, I do think, I think they made a point. They just didn't do it particularly well. In, because those kids were actually really, they're scary, you know, the fact that they, you know, that they're talking about, was it Kieran? Is that mm. his name? Kieran, the soldier mm-hmm. who gets, They trap me. him. They trapped him. They set a trap for him. They're like, you want this? You want this rat? It's nice. Come and eat this. And then they attack him. Mm. That kid and was they, scary with that rat. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the thing is that they are scary enough in themselves. Like the idea of, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but one of the most upsetting parts of this film for me and I did originally see this before having our own baby is the moment when you see the woman pushing the pram Mm. and you don't know what's in the pram Mm. and it was it was actually the same way that I felt when we watched the Dawn of the Dead remake as well because that has kind of zombie baby stuff going on but it's like as soon as you think that there might be like a zombie baby or a zombie child it really hits you in a very different way from just regular zombie so even though what is in that pram which spoilers is 
bloody horrific because it's basically dead body of baby being eaten by rats. Um, that's kind of better than zombie baby as far as I'm concerned. Like zombie baby is just too much. That whole scene where they're walking through and, you know, tiptoeing through all the zombies was so tense. I think those are the kind of moments for me, I mean, you know, for most people where it goes really quiet and, oh my gosh, I have to just mention the quiet, A Quiet Place very quickly because I just love that film so much. I only watched it last year and it's that, it's like that, you know, they're tiptoeing through, not, you know, being able to make a sound and, and also I, just when they when they were looking with the binoculars from the roof and they were looking at all the zombies and for a second i thought that looks really rubbish because it looks like they're all really still (laughs) (laughs) and then of course they're supposed to be still um so i I love that that there was just you know that kind of mass that they have to weave their way through it's funny Mm. when you compare that to the Shaun of the dead scene which is very similar actually like it's that like we've got to move slowly through this they're pretending to be zombies but they're staying still yeah but Uh, that's just funny there's no tension in that oh no no, of course yeah that's that's the difference you can take this idea that is so similar but it's the way that it's done one of the things that i find really fascinating in all zombie films is and they address it in in shawn of the dead and in this film it has one as well is that you shouldn't ever use the word zombie and most like serious zombie films in inverted commas don't yeah. Um, so in this, they call them the Hungries. Hungries. Yeah. And in like The Walking Dead, they call them Walkers or Biters. Like they've got all these different names for them. You but in Short of the Dead, uh, you know, he says zombie. He's like, don't say don't the Z word. Zombie. Don't use the Z word, Jeff. <laughs> I think that's so funny. It's interesting though, because this film takes so many, it's got a lot of um, traditional zombie ideas in it. Like, you know, let's try and walk through the massive herd of zombies and not be noticed. Like I've seen that in a lot of different zombie films, but it keeps taking your ideas of what a zombie actually is and turning on its head. And it's the same way that it doesn't let you rest in terms of the location and where you think the storyline is going. It keeps going, no, we're going to do this. No, we're going to do that. No, actually, we're going to do this. But with the zombies themselves, you start off and you think, oh, are they just like, are these just like zombie children? Is this this all that there is? And then there's like, oh, no, there's actual real zombies outside, you know, that massive crowd of zombies outside the wire fence, which is quite classic. But then, like Anna mentioned you have this bit where they literally peg it into the the laboratory and they're behaving in a way that's you know they're fast zombies they're really intense mm. and um and when she changes as well it's so quick usually there's a little bit of leeway but it's like she's bitten and less than 5 minutes later she's licking mm. blood off the floor you know but then you've got the zombies being really peaceful when there's not humans around and then you've got zombies that are turning into plants and then you've got feral children zombies and then you've got it's so i was gonna say one of the things that's really interesting is that this film gives a quite a different like origin to to zombies in the sense that it's like they're like fungal and Mm plant-based which is really quite different than what a lot of other horror films do and one of the cool things about that is it does mean you get slow zombies and fast zombies all in one film which Mm -hmm. i really like but it seems to be that their like senses seem to be based on uh, smell yeah. and sound. 
So those are like different zombie rules, which totally feel like they fit. But they they give you something. They give you a bit of a fresh take on zombies, which I, I really enjoy. Yeah, the smell thing when when they you know the kids why it's like a domino effect that scene that we mentioned with the kids and the yeah all the mouths chattering yeah one of the, one of the things I'm curious to get you guys thoughts on about this is just like the end so I love the end of this she film. obviously she, <laughs> she there's the BT tower that's all covered in pods oh by the way like. Shout out to the BT Tower. Yeah. I love it when people include the BT Tower. Me too. Because... It just feels so like, yeah, BT Tower. And I don't even know why I feel like that. Well, I used to live on that street. <gasps> no way. Yeah, wow. my, my last year in London, I used to live on that street and I could see <laughs> oh it from my, my window. Oh. So I was really pleased about that. Although I was like, how did you get from Wembley to <laughs> Cleveland Street yeah. in like... You know, a few oh, hours. Film yeah. geography is different oh, than real geography. I hate, yeah. I hate it. Yeah. yeah but for anyway. anyone who hasn't either lived or worked in London, the BT Tower is one of those things that kind of makes you tower. aware of where you are in London. Though it's yeah, one of those things you a think, landmark. ah, I can, oh, I can see the BT Tower from here. It's one yes. of those types of things. Yes. So it's quite, it's quite, you know, we have, we think of it fondly. Yeah. But so, so Melanie knows that. You know, because Glenn Close has told her, if these pods ever open, it's pretty much the end of the world. So she goes over because they'll go she... airborne. That's yeah. the whole point. The virus that was passed yeah. through biting yeah. will go airborne, and therefore anyone will be able to breathe it in. Sounds really scary, doesn't it? An airborne virus <laughs> that you just breathe in. Doesn't matter <laughs> if you haven't been bitten. You just breathe it in, and it could. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think, think that... everyone should stay home and wear masks. Yeah, that hit home. <laughs> that hit home a little bit, I must admit, when they were like, it'll go airborne. And I was like, yeah, and you do not want that shit to go airborne. Like... Yeah, so the pods are really hard, though, and they're not going to break open. So she sets them on fire and, they and all go, releases Poof. all the airborne pathogen out yeah. into London and to the rest of the world. I was yes. shocked. Mm. I was really... Sh- I was not expecting that at all. And I'll be honest, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Um, I think that at the end of the day, I, 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 yeah, she's flipped it around. She's like, well, why should you survive and we shouldn't? You know, why is it you versus us? But I guess because you know they've set up this re- relationship with her and um, Gemma Arterton's character, the Tutra, um, you think that there's that connection there. But actually, I mean, yeah, she knows that she's in the pod, but is she really thinking that far ahead? Like, it's all right, she can stay in the pod and, you know, we'll make sure she has oxygen. And, oh, would it be nice if she became our teacher? Like, is she... So actually, in that moment, she doesn't really care about the the teacher. And and, and what is she really thinking about? And it, in a way, she is she a villain or is she a hero? I, do you know the reason that I really like this film? I'm, I'm, I've, I've gone on record many a time on this podcast and said I am not a fan of zombie films. Just, you know, each to their own. In terms of all the different types of horror films out there, zombie films are the films that I am least likely to watch. And one of my problems with it is I find them so bleak. 
It's like at the inevitability. Yeah, it's right? you know, it's yeah. What we were talking about with the, the inevitable zombie, the zombies are coming. Basically, the reason that I always say you should just shoot me if the zombie apocalypse happens is that I genuinely think that once it happens, that'll be it. That's there'll be nothing. There's no way you can't stop it. I just don't think there is a way of stopping the zombie apocalypse. And so this film kind of takes that idea, and with Melanie's character as well she's been raised in this kind of compound with the only other people that she's ever known are other children who are like her and normal humans who the majority i would say 99.9 percent of them have treated her like shit her whole life even though she's been nice to them and then when she goes out into the world she just sees other zombies and she's like yeah not too fond of those you know she's like they're monsters she gets that and she doesn't really know where her place is in the world but there's that conversation she has with glenn close as the scientist when she says you know what what do you think do you still think you know that we're just kind of regurgitating what's been been taught to us and glenn close says no and melanie goes so we are alive we're actually alive and living and she's like yeah you are but i have to kill you to keep everybody else alive but the thing is melanie's never met everybody else all she knows is her own species and these other children who are like her that she understands and so her rationale is you know why why should we be wiped off the planet so that you can keep living when maybe this is like an evolutionary thing you know it's like this is the next age of the next kind of people who are going out into the world and i kind of like that idea because like i said obviously you know i'm i'm standing from from the point of being a human being and when in this film scenario i'd be totally dead <laughs> i've reached that you know that conclusion pretty early on but it's like the idea of it not being like the end of the universe the end of the world but actually just being the start of the next stage of evolution and the next part of how the world needs to go is really interesting and i think it comes along with um you know, the idea so many people say, we're using all of our resources, we're destroying the planet, we're mm. doing this. And this this kind of idea that something might happen, <coughs> coronavirus, um, like, <laughs> but it's like things like this, it, it feels plausible. And it's like, well, maybe one day, you know, that's how evolution will sort stuff out you know even if we're just talking about it you know i'm hypothetical not like this is actually going to happen in the future <laughs> but it's 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 an interesting thought and i like the idea of things continuing rather mm. than it just being and then everybody was just a zombie and then everything was awful for the rest of eternity you know i, I think agree the thing... mm. no go on Anna. no i just i just think it is a really interesting end like i said that i didn't quite know how i felt about it i think mm. because it it poses lots of questions about yeah. you know what could happen what will happen and 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 is it the right thing to do and yeah and actually i think it would be great to go back and watch it again mm. kind of knowing that and going actually yeah these are the reasons why she's done it and actually yeah go go you go girl you know <laughs> 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 or you um hungry hungry, yeah, you go hungry. um 
Because, yeah, you're right. Those are, you know, the human beings. She's only actually really met one nice human being. Yeah. And is that really... She keeps her alive. Yeah, she keeps her... She tries to keep all of them alive, actually. She says to Glenn Close, if you stay here, you'll be okay. And she she locks the thing. She's like, I put the airlock on. And yeah, she doesn't really care that her friend, the the sergeant or whatever, that he's... You know, she's like, yeah, well, this is just... It's just... You know, it's just not your world anymore. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's just not yours, is what she says. I think that the subtext I take from it, it, like they talk about the Pandora's box is like the story that she tells them at the beginning when she's like, give us a Greek myth like that. That's very intentional for sure. But I think for me, it's something about how people who are oppressed and subjugated or like made to be like the other or the, you know, the one that's wrong like what can happen and how they respond to that. Mm. But I think the interesting thing, which is both a good thing and in some ways a bad thing, is that all three of us took completely different things from this film, which in a way is a great thing because it's made us all think about it. But then arguably I would say that for a film that very much feels like it's trying to make a point, Mm. I don't think it does it in a way that is super clear, which like I said for us, it kind of turned out to be a good thing because we all like thought about things differently and maybe that's what it wants you to do maybe it just wants you to ask some questions and and think about your answers for it all right well i think it's about time for us to reveal why we chose these films for you anna and i am going to go first uh so Usually when I look through uh, one of our victim surveys, I like to try and pull it all apart and come up with all these multifaceted reasons and be like, here's like 10 reasons why this is the perfect film for you. Uh, with you, I didn't do that. I just kept it super, super simple. And I just thought, this is someone who I know loves comedy, specifically really great British comedy and some great British comedians. This is someone who loves zombie films as well. Um, And, you know, you said that horror is not typically a genre that you would go for. So I thought I'd give you something that is horror, but is something that you also would go for. And, uh, you know, we work together as actors and I just really, I can imagine you playing one of the characters in this film. Like I can see you in, in amongst these group of people in the, in your style of acting and the kind of person that you are. So for, for nothing more complicated than those reasons, uh, that is why I chose for you, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I would kill to be in a film like Shaun of the Dead. Oh my gosh. It'd be so much fun. Well, Anna, why I picked the girl with all the gifts for you um, was actually, again, I feel like we both just kind of went on more of a gut feeling this time. I really got from your um, questionnaire that you were much more kind of geared towards zombies than other things. I definitely steered away from spiders, as you mentioned, that you're not a big fan of those at all. I was like, okay, let's be nice. No spiders, but zombies. But as I said, I'm not a massive zombie film fan. So I was kind of like, ugh, I've got to pick a zombie film now. And then I remembered that you had written that for you, what makes a really good film is interesting lead characters, good writing and good plot. And I went, 
I actually know a zombie film that kind of fulfills all that criteria. That's also kind of sci-fi-ish, which is another thing that you had said that you enjoyed. And also kind of end of the world-ish, which is another thing that you'd said that you enjoyed. And also funny that you said that you really enjoyed 28 Days Later. I feel that this has serious 28 Days Later vibes to it, even though obviously it's, it's you know, it's not kind of your your British filming style. I do feel like it has a real taste of 28 Days Later, just in a very different area of the world. And all of those things together, I thought, yeah, why not pick this film? I also was thinking, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a film that Anna has seen because I don't think enough people have actually seen this film and I think more people should see it. Um, But for all of those reasons, that is why I picked for you The Girl With All The Gifts. And I'm so glad you did. Yeah, love the 28 Days and Weeks later films and it very much reminded me of of those, which I've not seen in such a long time, so I need to go back and re-watch. Right, well, Anna, it's time for us to ask you our two big questions and the first one of them is, Anna, which of these two films scared you the most? The girl with all the gifts. <laughs> I was going to say. I think all of the listeners are going to be really shocked by that response. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Can't believe that you were scared more by, um, you know, rats eating babies than you were of, <laughs> of um, Dylan Moran getting eaten by zombies. But Yeah, know. that that bit with Dylan Moran, it, it was quite epic. Mm. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, but, re- but really funny. <laughs> Yeah. Also, when I watch it, because I've seen so much of his comedy, I'm like, I bet he was loving his life on the day where they were like, right, let's yeah. get you into the zombie eating suit. Yes. And you'll, you know, yes! it'll be so much fun. Absolutely. To, I would love to film a scene like that, wouldn't you? It'd be so yeah. much fun. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely that, like I said, that moment where we first see the zombies um literally pegging it through and they go through the glass window from then on it was like okay and i guess it's that idea of um like a quiet place you know they're outside in the environment especially you know when they pull up and and you know they're getting the water and like oh god they're all stood around the edge of the lake casually getting their water of course they're not safe like of course (laughs) someone's gonna come out um and also, yeah, the 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 scene with what's his face eating all the cans, picking all the cans up. I'm going, oh. <gasps> something's gonna happen. It's a trap. Oh, yeah. so like, it, I guess it's that anxiety building. Um, yeah, so that de- definitely um, scared me much more. And our second question, and the big question is, which of these two movies was the best curated horror pick for you? The girl with all the gifts. Congratulations. I mean, listen, both of them, when when you sent them over, I have seen Shaun of the Dead, but considering it came out in 2004, it's safe to say I'd probably forgotten most of it. Yeah, I I was so pleased to be introduced to this um, zombie film that I didn't really know about. I thought the the story was really interesting. Yeah, the, the kind of... Uh, jumpy jumpiness horror level was was a good level you know it wasn't 
too much and it you know it's just enough great cast paddy considine great actor and the music is super relentless isn't it it's mm. like all those relentless voices almost like kind of like a high-pitched chanting that's it's very affecting mm-hmm. really good music well that ties up the score Hey. Our guests have been very decisive in this season so far. No one has voted one way or me. the other. Everyone has voted both for the same film in yeah. all four episodes. So Ooh. that means that uh, I have now uh, scared two people and found the perfect horror film for two people. And Katie has also scared two people and found the perfect horror film for two people. I would just like to say... I'm going to wave my little flag for the underdog film because, yeah, as Emra said at the top of this episode, everyone was going on about Shaun of the Dead. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you say about Shaun of the Dead. Oh, it's such a- It is a really good film. I'm making a stupid <laughs> voice, but I totally agree. It's a really good film. And so I've been sitting here the whole time being... When Emra said that he was going to do Shaun of the Dead, I was like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I've picked a film that pretty much I can guarantee 99% of the audience haven't seen. But and as, it was... As- As you'll hear on our curation (laughs) episode that came out on Friday... I when you picked that, I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> I think you're probably going to win both categories. I said that to you as well, yeah. and I was right. So that was a very good pick. Yeah, no, especially going up really against uh, a well-known movie. See, it's not my first rodeo. No, no. It's almost like you won the first season. <laughs> it's almost like I mm. kicked your ass in the first yeah, season. She's and got a trophy. She, I do. She lords it over me. I think it's totally, totally deserved. And uh, I, you know what? I really, really loved it as well. And mm. I think if I'd been in your shoes, Anna, I probably would have gone the same way. So I actually no enjoyed it more the second time. This is me only too. the second time I've watched this film, but it stuck with me after the first time I saw it. It's one of those things that lingers, lingers in the psyche for a long period of time. And it, I do think it was actually more interesting and I got a lot more from it from the second viewing and now i'm really intrigued to read the book as well i think so yeah but sadly we have come to the end so all we have left to do is just to say a massive thank you to anna thank you anna thank you anna thank you how did you find having some movies chosen for you to watch oh i loved it i I love watching films and TV series. Like my first like full-time job when I moved to London was working in a cinema. Um, so yeah, just having the opportunity to watch things and knowing that you're going to get to talk about them afterwards is actually really fun. Um, because I think the amount of things that we consume these days, we don't actually always get a chance to have a good old discussion about things. You know, obviously there's so much choice out there as well. So, you know, you might talk about one TV series, but no one else is watching that, you know. So it's great to have a discussion and and delve back into the archive as well. And for us, it's just nice to watch something else and talk about something aside from Sean the Sheep. (laughs) 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 Thanks for joining us on The Curators of Horror. We'd love to hear from you and what you thought of The Girl With All The Gifts and Shaun of the Dead. Which did you think was the best movie? I already know that all of you are going to say Shaun of the Dead, but we here all think it's Girl With All The Gifts, just saying. Are there any other horror movies that you'd like to recommend for our guest, Anna? You can let us know what you thought over on Instagram at Curators of Horror, or you can email us at curatorsofhorror at gmail.com. Head on over to our Instagram to vote for your favourite movie. 
and to tell us which one scared you the most. We'll be back next week to reveal our next curations and in two weeks with our next main episode. We really hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, rate, review us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you didn't, uh, this was the weekly update on coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) That's even darker considering like what these films were about. Is that acceptable? (laughs) That's perfect. That's amazing. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Emrys. Thanks for listening. And we hope you have a horrifying week. How's that? That was amazing. That was good. <laughs> I think I think you'd pass. <laughs> <laughs>